everyone, and either welcome or welcome back to the Gender Libertarian Podcast. If you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Substack page. I'll start with the good news from this past week, and that is that nobody decided to storm any federal buildings over the past week. The bad news is, that is the only good news. Yes, this past week was at least slightly less eventful than the week before it, although there is still plenty to talk about. We're still dealing with the fallout from the Capitol riot and lots of other things besides that. So I will go ahead and start where I have been starting now for, gosh, it's weird to think that we're almost coming up on a year now and... Hopefully things will start getting better soon, but unfortunately the unemployment numbers have taken a turn for the worse. On the week ending on January 9th, the initial unemployment claims were 965,000, which if you'll remember, if you've been here for a while, we've been hovering around the mid to mid-ish upper 700,000. So this has been a pretty significant jump from the past couple of weeks. Which, of course, is not particularly great news, clearly. Um, It does, well, maybe we're going to get another stimulus package. We'll talk about that a little later because that's, yeah, there, there's a, a little bit of a problem with that right now. It has its own new special poison pill put in there that is going to delay, I think, is going to delay at least any kind of direct stimulus payments for at least a while, because there is a very controversial caveat in the new bill. But like I said, we will get there. Um, Yeah, uh, we impeached the president again this past week. <laughs> you wouldn't know it because it doesn't really seem like it registered all that much. But yeah, on Wednesday, I do believe it was, the House voted to impeach Donald Trump again on charges of incitement. And... While, I mean, this wasn't particularly unexpected, the unexpected part was that you did actually this time have 10 Republicans who voted yes on impeachment, which as paltry as that sounds, that makes it the most bipartisan impeachment vote ever. (laughs) Oh, but it's still only 10 Republicans out of, I think it's 184 in the House after... A bunch of rioters came in and stormed the Capitol building and roamed around looking for them to do God knows what. You still only had 10 people. And from reporting that has come out, um, Representative Mayer, it's not Meyer, it's Mayer. I will learn how to pronounce it eventually. But yes, Pete Mayer had said that he heard from his colleagues that there were more Republicans that wanted to vote yes on impeachment, but they were literally in fear of their own and their family's lives. And that has been confirmed by Tim Alberta has heard from his sources. Guy Benson has heard from his sources that pretty much corroborate what Mayer said, that there were Republicans who wanted to vote yes, but were afraid to for actual physical safety concerns. And that's just, that's horrible. I mean, that's really fucked up. I mean, what, what in the world, what is going on? And Mayer also tweeted out that he has had to purchase body armor to wear in D.C., which this I mean, guys, this is this has gotten completely out of control. Um, After the Capitol riots, 
uh, they installed like the the metal detectors going into the House and Senate chambers, like the ones that you walk through when you go to pretty much anywhere, like you go to school, you go to a federal building, you go, you know, you walk through the things. And of course, some Republicans had to be jackasses about it. It's just, uh, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. And I'm not entirely understanding why people want to minimize what happened and the fallout from it. Because that's just, that's, that's horrible. It, you shouldn't have to fear for your life over a vote. Like, that's just, that's absolutely insane. So anyway, pass the House. Um, It will not go to the Senate until after Biden is inaugurated. There was some rumor that Mitch McConnell could make a deal with Chuck Schumer to call Congress back in, well, to call the Senate back into session before January 19th, which is when they're scheduled to come back into session. McConnell opted to not do that. And I think McConnell has some kind of plan here. It's been made pretty clear that Mitch McConnell does not want Donald Trump around anymore. And by around anymore, I mean, he wants he he wants Trump gone, like from the GOP. And so the only way that that is really going to effectively happen is if impeachment does happen in the Senate, they get the votes, because then if that happens and Donald Trump cannot run in 2024 or at any other point beyond, not that I think that he will be of sound mind and body to run in 2024 or any point beyond, but, you know, it's probably best to just make sure if it if your goal is, which I think McConnell's goal is, is to try to get the GOP kind of back on track because at this point it's looking like Trump's final approval numbers are going to be roughly 38%, which is the lowest approval number of any outgoing president since we started keeping track of such things back in, I believe, the 1930s. So Mitch McConnell's job, and and this is something that I, I see a lot of pushback in Republican circles, so I'm going to try to explain this. Mitch McConnell's job, because he has been around long enough, he's made it through enough administrations to know that his job and his loyalties are to the party, not to one specific man. And so he can see this landscape. He can see the overall approval numbers, not just the approval numbers within the Republican Party for Trump. He's looking beyond. He's looking at the fact that Donald Trump lost them the presidency. He lost them the Senate. They have no power come January 20th. And so McConnell knows that his job is to fix that position because then obviously he gets his job back as Senate Majority Leader and to try to get things back on track for the GOP. Whether the party is going to go along with that, I don't know. But yeah, Mitch McConnell's made it pretty clear that he's done with Trump in the Trump era. And so I think that he decided to not call the Senate back in right now, because as it stands right now, they do not have the votes for impeachment. The only play here, the only way that McConnell can possibly influence this at this point is to kick it to the next Senate. And it's looking like, as far as the Georgia races are concerned, um, neither Purdue nor Loeffler is challenging the election results. Surprisingly, I really expected one of them to. So those vote totals will be certified. Some he where probably early next week. So once those vote totals are certified, um, Ossoff and Warnock will be sent to D.C. and then they will have the 50-50 split with Kamala being the tiebreaker. But you do need that two-thirds vote. 
So you, you add the two Democrats in there. And what you're starting to see happen now that we're getting a little bit of distance from the Capitol riot, you're starting to see reporting coming out about who these people were, why they were there. You're, you're starting to see these more horrific videos coming out. You're starting to see more testimony coming out as to the timeline, as to what actually happened, to how close things came to being extremely bad. Um, apparently, the rioters got a lot closer to Mike Pence than we knew before. Like, basically, Mike Pence was wanting to hang in as long as humanly possible. He was wanting to stay on the House floor. He's wanting to continue to to preside over the Electoral College vote certification up until the very last moment when the Secret Service was basically like, we're leaving now, even if we have to pick you up and carry you out of here, like we're going now. So there was a very short window of time between when Pence actually left the House chambers and when the House chambers were breached. So... We're starting to see more reporting on that. Um, I saw a tweet thread that I retweeted, if you want to go check on my Twitter, of video that was taken by people who were in the Capitol building by the rioters and were posted up to Parler, which shows a bit different of a situation than the things that were posted up to like Twitter and Facebook, because obviously the people that were there from Parler were definitely more of the hardcore sort of people who were there to do damage. And so you get a different perspective and a different picture of what actually was going on. And there's also the situation that a lot of the stuff that was posted up on Twitter and on Facebook and other social media was done not just by people who were there rioting, but also by members of the press that were there because obviously this was a momentous day. There was a lot of press there. So a lot of that stuff was kind of... And I don't want to say a more sanitized version, but kind of the tamer version of what was going on. And then the 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 videos that came out on Parlor were from people who were down in like the lower levels of the Capitol building who were trying to break into like the lower levels, trying to get down into the secure rooms, trying to get down to where like the congressional tram is, down to the tunnels. These were the people that were really there to like find people and do some damage. So the, the more stuff like this comes out, and this is to, to bring it back to my point about Mitch McConnell, the more stuff like this comes out, the more this stuff kind of just drips, drips, drips out. I think his plan is that once Trump is no longer president, and obviously he's no longer on social media, so he can't bully anybody there either, plus this new information that keeps coming out of really how close of a disaster this was going to be, like how, like, really, I mean, in some instances, we're talking like minutes here between catastrophe and not catastrophe. So I think the play here is that maybe given enough time and maybe even given a Senate trial that you might have enough Republicans change their mind to make up the rest of that vote total that you need. And there's already a couple of Republicans on board. Obviously, Mitt Romney's on board. Um, I believe Senator Murkowski is on board. And you could probably get a couple of other ones, too. But I think that is kind of the play here is that Mitch McConnell is basically going to let this play out and make it be a situation where it's like you engineer a situation like you want to put the knife in somebody's back, but you don't want to have your fingerprints on the knife. I think that's what Mitch McConnell is doing here, because unlike 
Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell does know how to play 4D chess. He knows how to try to get what he wants while keeping his hands clean. And so I think that's really his play here. Whether that will happen, I don't know. What's going to end up happening in the Senate, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I'm sure they're going to take it up for a trial. I don't see how that could even be avoided, especially with the new Congress. So what will end up happening there, I'm not entirely sure. But I mean, at this point, that's really the only play that Mitch McConnell has to get rid of Donald Trump out of the party for good and ensure the fact that at least Donald Trump can't run. That's not to say that one of his kids won't run or that somebody like Josh Hawley won't run and try to kind of keep that strain of the party alive. But there's really nothing Mitch McConnell can do about that. He can he can control the things that he can control. And I think that he realizes that. So whether this will be successful, who knows? I mean, we shall see. <laughs> we will be having another impeachment trial in the Senate in the next few weeks. So fun, fun times. Almost almost exactly a year after the last impeachment, we're going to do another impeachment, but Trump's not actually going to be there because he's going to be hopefully gone on Wednesday on the 20th. If everything goes according to plan, I'm 90% sure that's going to happen, but there's always that 10% now because I mean, I, I don't know. It seems a lot of people think that all bets are off at this point. So yikes. Um, as far as people thinking all bets are off, um, the inauguration plans have come out. And yeah, basically, as of right now, I believe starting on either Friday or Saturday, the National Mall is completely closed. It is closed to D.C. residents. It's closed to visitors. It is closed to vehicle traffic. It is closed to foot traffic. You cannot go to the National Mall right now. And it will stay that way until after the inauguration. You cannot go to the inauguration to view it yourself in person. There is no, there, there are no sight lines. Everything is closed down. The only people that will be attending in person are people who will be there by invite only. And that's roughly about a thousand people. Um, it is rumored slash verified. I'm not sure if anybody's actually done like a head count to verify this, but the the reporting is that there's going to be 20,000 National Guard troops stationed around the National Mall in order to prevent anybody from trying to get cute and trying to pull some fuckery around the inauguration of Joe Biden. So that is where that is. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's not healthy. <laughs> but I mean, after the events of the past couple of weeks, I mean, what else did you expect? I mean, they're not going to let what happened on election certification day happen again. Like it's anybody who tries some shit on inauguration day is going to be smited off the face of the planet. Do not try it. Do not go. You will not be allowed to go. Yeah, just there's, there is no, don't go. Um, Airbnb has canceled all the reservations that they had in DC for inauguration day slash weekend. So yeah, it's pretty clear that you are not to go to D.C. until after the inauguration. How that's all going to pan out, I don't know. Personally, like, why don't we just do this inside anyway? Like, why do we have to have it outside with people? Like, it's D.C., it's January, it's going to be cold. Like, let's just take this opportunity to stop doing this particular pageant and just have it on Zoom or just live stream it on YouTube from a secure facility. And then there you go. Nobody has to worry about it. 
But yeah, we shall see what ends up happening. Hopefully nothing. I mean, I'm sure some people will try it. Um, The chatter now is that there are going to be protests at state capitals, which I don't know what the purpose of that is supposed to be. I don't know what exactly is supposed to be accomplished by protesting at a state capitol over a federal inauguration. I, I don't know, but a lot of cities are planning for that, including Atlanta. Fingers crossed that there is no violence there, but I'm not holding my breath. I mean, if people feel like they can storm the Capitol building and try to disrupt the process of certifying the Electoral College votes, I'm going to assume they're going to feel perfectly justified in storming state Capitol buildings to do God knows what. I mean, I'm not, there's nothing that states can do at this point. Like, I don't understand this, but that seems to be the plan. So moving to the, the, the Capitol riot arrests. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I laugh. It's not funny, but I laugh. Um, The FBI is starting to round up and arrest people because obviously if you post pictures of yourself doing federal crimes on the Internet, the feds are going to come find you. Clearly. Clearly. So um, the 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 antler guy has been arrested. Um, Baked Alaska has been arrested. Um, the, the flexi guy, the flexi tie guy has been arrested along with his mom. And they're charged with, like, conspiracy charges. So there's going to be something there. Um, There's been a lot of other arrests. And I I pour some out for these people's defense attorneys because, honestly, I don't know what you say in anybody's defense. I mean, if you posted pictures of yourself and you live-streamed yourself doing shit in the Capitol building and, like, everybody who is interested in seeing such things has already seen it, like, what are you supposed to say? Like it's not like you can say that your client didn't do it. Like we all saw it. So what? What exactly is there to say? And so you're starting to see these filings come out of the government's charges against these people, and a lot of it is is you know trespassing. It's being on federal grounds. It's destroying property. Various and assorted things that these are all going to be federal cases. So <laughs> bear that in mind. Um, a lot of them, <laughs> I keep laughing. I'm sorry because this just, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out if these people are just really fucking stupid or if they genuinely thought that they were going to be successful in their attempts to at least at the very least do an insurrection, if not an actual coup, because aside from the obvious of, If you're doing a crime, like the first thing you should probably do is cover your face. You know, this is the whole reason why ski masks are synonymous with bank robbers. You cover your face when you're going to go do the federal crime so that just in case, you know, nobody knows it was you. (laughs) But of course, these people did not cover their faces despite having a perfectly valid reason to do so. I mean, you could just say you were wearing a mask because of COVID. Not that you're like covering your face to go do nefarious activities, but none of these people wearing masks. You're in the Capitol building, even if you're not live streaming or putting pictures up on Instagram or wherever, there's surveillance cameras everywhere in the Capitol building because it's the fucking Capitol building. You're on camera. The Capitol building has its own cell tower, which means 
congratulations. If you walked in there with your personal cell phone, you're fucked. And that's kind of step two of doing crimes is if you're going to do that, for God's sake, you do not take your own phone. If you have to have a cell phone on you, you use a burner phone. You don't take your own phone with your identifying information, your SIM card, and walk into some place where the minute you walk in there, your phone's going to connect to that network. They know you're there. They have the data already. Like, what? I, I'm, that's, I, how stupid do you have to be to not know this stuff? Like, you, you turn the fucking Wi-Fi off. You turn location services off if you don't want somebody to know where the hell you are. And one of these, I forget which one, but somebody thought they were going to be slick. They, so what, what, it, what it says in the, the federal affidavit is that they seized this person's phone and they were looking for data on it, but they had wiped the phone. So this person thought they were slick. They thought, oh, I'm going to wipe my phone and ha, I got you. They're like, nah, nah, because see here, we already have the logs from the Capitol building and it shows where your phone logged onto the Wi-Fi between this time and that time. And that means we know where you were. Like, it, I, I just, <laughs> I, I made a tweet that went viral because some people retweeted it. And I was commenting on a Nick Fuentes video where I guess in one of his live streams, he was suggesting to his viewers after the fact, after, after the riot, that they should destroy their cell phones under the idea that that would somehow keep you safe. And then he kind of walked it back for a second because he realized in his dumb fucking head that, yeah, destroying evidence is also a federal crime. So maybe don't do that. But it's like, even if you did, you're done. You're fucked. The DOJ has made this abundantly obvious. They've come out and said, if you were in the Capitol building and you had your cell phone on you, we know you were there. We already have all the data. You can do whatever you want with your phone. You're, you're screwed. But it's just like, how in the world do people who believe in the craziest ass conspiracy theories not realize that the surveillance state exists, it's real, and that if the feds want to find you, they're going to find you. Like you don't, <laughs> one of these dipshits actually said to the feds because they saw a picture that he posted up on Instagram. He's like, wow, you guys are good. I only left that picture up for an hour. I'm like, an hour? You might as well have left it up for 10 years at that point. Like they already knew you were there. You just provided them proof that you were there. Like what the fuck is wrong with these people? But it's, I, I think it's a valid question because it really goes to intent. Like I'm, I know you should never attribute to malice what you should, what you can attribute to stupidity, but I find it very hard to believe that anybody's this stupid. I, I really do. I really think that the answer is that these people thought that they were going to be successful and that there was going to be no consequences for their actions because they certainly didn't behave in such a way where even if you thought maybe it was a 50-50 chance that this wouldn't be successful and that maybe I should, you know, kind of keep it on the DL until I know that, that, that the coup happened or the insurrection happened or whatever you want to call it was successful and then maybe I can post my content to the internet. No, these people acted like there was going to be no consequences to their actions. Which brings me to the most interesting part of these arrests and that is that more than one person 
Um, Antler Guy has made this argument. Uh, Jenna Ryan, the the real estate agent that flew a private fucking jet to D.C. to go participate in the Stop the Steal rally and has been arrested because she entered the Capitol building. Um, yeah, the, the fence seems to be, well, we don't think we did anything wrong because we were just doing what Trump told us to do. Yeah, um, it's a little difficult to make the argument that Donald Trump didn't incite this when the rioters themselves are saying, well, we were there because Donald Trump told us to go be there and he told us to go do this. So we went and did it. Yeah, these people took Donald Trump seriously and literally. They heard what the man said. They heard it in their brains and then they went and did it. Like, I I don't know exactly how much more proof you need other than the people themselves being like, yeah, um, we did it because he said to. So that is going to make things very interesting for a Senate trial, because honestly, I would just start parading these people in front of the Senate being like, hey, come tell your story. Why? Why were you at the Capitol riot? By the way? Oh, oh, it's because you thought you, Trump told you to come do this. Oh, that's very interesting. You're like the 10th person I've heard that from. Wow. So and the funny thing is, is saying this in public and all these people, all these people cannot shut the fuck up in public. Guys, if you ever commit a federal crime and you know you've been arrested, you're going to be arrested, shut the fuck up. Stop speaking. Just stop talking. Especially stop talking when there is a camera and microphone in front of you. Just shut up. But none of these people can shut up. They just keep talking. Even their lawyers cannot manage to shut up. Um, One of the guys lawyers, the guy, not the guy that killed Sicknick, but another guy who threw a fire extinguisher at police officers, his lawyer went on Chris Cuomo's show. Okay, first, first of all, first of all, the only thing you should be saying right now, if you're a lawyer, is no comment. No comment. Not going on Cuomo's show to try to explain anything to anybody. Like, who are these people? Why do they have brain worms? So, he goes on Cuomo's show and he says, as as part of a defense, that, well, Trump incited this riot. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? Just I ain't never seen no shit like this before in my life. I People that just have diarrhea of the mouth and just will not stop talking. And every time they open their mouth, they implicate Donald Trump in inciting a riot, which is a thing that he is on impeachment trial for. (laughs) It's like, are they just stupid or are they throwing him under the bus? I don't entirely understand. But yeah, it's certainly not a defense that's going to help any of these people in a court of law, because obviously, the court holds you responsible for your personal actions. And if you want to go say, I did it because this person told me to, they're going to be like, okay, so, but you did it. <laughs> the court doesn't care that you you thought you were doing the right thing because the president told you to go do the right thing or to do this thing. They're going to be like, no, you still broke the law. And that you should have known that you're breaking the law. So basically, all of these people that were at the Capitol riot are pretty well screwed. And 
the the most interesting thing that's come out of this, and this is from the affidavit filed over Antler Guy. The federal government is specifically using the word insurrectionists. They're not calling them protesters. They're not calling them rioters. They're not calling them agitators. They're not using any other word that they could possibly use to describe these people. They use the word insurrectionists. If that is the federal government's position, God help these people. Because <laughs> you are about to get the fucking book thrown at you. And for what it's worth, I asked and nobody responded otherwise. Um, I've not seen anything from Trump in the way of doing anything to intervene on these people's behalf as far as issuing pardons or speaking up or doing really anything. And I don't see it happening anytime in the future or at least before Wednesday. So I don't know if I was somebody who went and did a federal crime because the president told me to. And then all of a sudden, once I'm arrested and I'm facing federal time and the president's like, I, I condemn the violence and I don't I don't know them. Basically, he's just basically like, I don't know you. I'd be pissed. I would be super fucking pissed. <laughs> I'd be like, wait a minute, I'm going to go do how many years in a federal prison for this dude who apparently does not even acknowledge my existence anymore? I would be so mad. Oh my God. But whether these people will finally wake up and realize that they've been used beats me. I mean, I guess you'll have a lot of time to sit around in the federal prison to think about it. While Donald Trump will probably not be sitting in a federal prison. If he's sitting at Mar-a-Lago doing, I don't know what, but not being in federal prison. Like, this is just wild. And then, of course, there's the people who died in the riot. We've talked about Ashley Babbitt. And I think we're up to five other protesters and Brian Sicknick, the cop that was beamed in the head with a fire extinguisher and ended up dying. Um, it was one, one protester was trampled to death. Um, another one apparently had a heart attack. Like, yikes. <laughs> and, and nothing, nothing from this man. Like, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people will start to realize that they were played. Maybe. I don't know. We still have people holding on for dear life. We still have people thinking that something magical is going to happen on Wednesday the 20th and that Donald Trump is going to be inaugurated as president. I don't, I, I don't understand these people. I don't understand the QAnon people and their crazy, like, theories that, like, something is going... I don't know, God is going to descend from the heavens and somehow fix this. I don't fucking know. These people are nuts. It's it's weird because it's such a clean break with reality. And I like, I want to investigate this further because it's, it's really crazy. Like these people live in an alternate reality and it's a little frightening. And maybe we should figure out how or why we got there. And I think maybe I'll write more about that, but to move on to the part that's going to affect all of us. And I, I am stealing this phrase from Matt Welch, and I, so I will credit him. But I think it is probably the best description of what is about to happen. And that is the decade of consequences. 
This, I mean, it's not comparable to 9-11 in the way that obviously on 9-11, thousands of people died. Thousands of people did not die here. Um, the Capitol building is still standing and the business of the people is still taking place in the House and the Senate. So on that level, no, they're not comparable. Where I think they are comparable is that the consequences and the things, the actions that were taken after 9-11, the actions that are going to happen after January 6th, I think they're going to be very compatible because you're already starting to see it. You're already starting to see this idea being floated of making a new domestic terrorist designation and making that a new special level of crimes, which all of the things that involve domestic terrorism are already crimes. Like we don't really need to make a new designation of crimes for crimes that already exist, but that idea is already out there. Um, the idea that there needs to be some sort of social media crackdown is becoming even more popular than it was before. You're starting to see it with both social media companies themselves and also coming from members of Congress that somebody must do something about this. And it's even going so far as people are starting to look at even stuff like Telegram and Signal, podcasts, anything where people are communicating ideas, there's going to be a massive crackdown. There's This is going to enable a whole slate of ideas that were already floating around in the ether. Now, because of the Capitol riot, there's a concrete reason to do these things. There's a concrete reason to repeal Section 230. There's a concrete reason for either government getting overly involved or corporations themselves getting overly involved in censorship. And I wrote about both of these things for my Substack. I wrote about Donald Trump being kicked off Twitter and I wrote about Parler being kicked off of Amazon Web Services. I don't have a problem in the main with either one of those two things. My problem and I really don't have a problem with what Amazon did. Um, because when you read the reply that Amazon filed in response to Parler's lawsuit, um, Amazon's in the right. I mean, they did everything they could. They reached out to them. They've been reaching out to them since November to try to bring them in line with their content moderation policies. They showed them hundreds of examples of content that they allowed that violated AWS's terms of service and Parler either couldn't or wouldn't come into compliance with that. So they booted them. I mean, that is what it is. There's no, there's no requirement that anybody should have to bend over backwards for anybody else who's violating TOS. And if Twitter had taken such a stance and said that because of things Donald Trump has done, we are kicking him off Twitter I would have been okay with that. Their justification was we have to get rid of him because of things that might happen in the future. That puts Twitter in a very weird situation of now you want to be the arbitrators of what could be dangerous content and decide, first of all, deciding what is dangerous content and what could happen if certain people read certain content and then acted on it. It's just, it's a very, 
very bad place to be if you're Twitter because you're kind of putting yourself in this position of having to be a precog, of having to look at certain things and decide, well, maybe sometime in the future, this will be dangerous, so we're going to take it down now. I don't think that's a very good place to be, but you can already see it happening. And I mean, the crackdown is going to be real. They've already deleted, Twitter deleted, it was over 70,000 accounts, which that's that there's there's the explanation for the follower account drop is they Twitter deleted, mass deleted all these accounts because they were tweeting or associated with QAnon content. So they deleted the accounts. <sighs> yeah, um, this isn't going to be good. This is going to be bad. This, this is going to be used to justify a lot of actions that have already been, like I said, floating around in the ether. Um, the one I'm really concerned about right now is the Earn It Act, which has been floating around in Congress for quite some time now. Basically, as part of that that bill, it would be that the federal government has a backdoor into end-to-end encryption services. You can see where this is a problem, right? But now, now because of the Capitol riot, now you have this justification to say, well, we need to be able to survey all this content that may be going down on places that are not public, that are not in the public sphere, but that are private, private conversations, private encrypted conversations, just in case somebody's trying to plan any fuckery. <sighs> Thank you, Capitol rioters, for basically fucking up everything. Good job, guys. And we are going to be dealing with this for probably about a decade, if not longer. I'm not I'm not happy about it. I'm not looking forward to it. I can already see it happening and I'm already pissed off about it. Because I mean this was just this didn't have to be. All of this all of this happened because one man could not accept the fact they lost an election. And now all of us are going to be made to pay the price for it. Even if we didn't participate, even if we strenuously opposed all of this, it's going to touch us now. It's going to touch every single one of us. And I'm pissed. Like, the, the absolute selfishness. And just, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's going to be bad. It's it's going to be really bad. Whether this will push people more towards decentralized platforms or more private platforms where... You're not using like a third-party hosting service or something like that. I don't know. Stuff like that does get very pricey though. So it's going to be very limited as to who exactly is going to be able to pursue those options. I mean, we will adapt. We will survive, but it ain't going to be fun. But before we leave off, and because I mentioned it up at the beginning of the episode, the next round of stimulus, or at least as far as direct stimulus, (laughs) And if you've been wondering why all of a sudden people are discussing minimum wage again, this is why. As part of what is on the table right now, um, the idea is that there would be a second check for $1,400 going out, which would make it to the $2,000. But as part of that bill, there is a requirement for a $15 federal minimum wage. Like I said, um, that might have poison-pilled this whole deal. And I don't know if you're going to get enough people to go along with that. Um, 
Another kind of side thing that's going on, which is kind of amusing and kind of an indicator of what the next four years is going to look like. Um, progressives don't like this deal now. After after being perfectly on board with $2,000 checks, screaming for $2,000 checks, agreeing with Donald Trump that everybody needed $2,000 checks, now, now that it's Joe Biden and he wants to make it be a full $2,000 because... 600 plus 1400 is 2000. That's not good enough. Like, no, now, now it needs to be a standalone $2,000 check. And <laughs> it's like every time this is what it's going to be. It's going to be progressives moving the goalpost every fucking time. And then somehow yelling that the thing that they just agreed to is some kind of neoliberal nonsense in that the, no, we need to do more. We need to do more. We need to do more. And it's not not because of any principled stance. It's because they hate Joe Biden. Like, I've, I've explained this to you guys, but I'll explain it again. The progressive wing of the Democratic Party hates Joe Biden. Hates him. They don't like centrist. They don't like anybody that they could possibly call a neolib. I don't even know if you could call Joe Biden a neolib. But that's that's the new... That's the new insult is neoliberal. But so now they're all geared up to fight against this because now two grand is not enough. Because, I mean, it was perfectly fine a month ago, but now, no, now it's not. Now we got to do something else. But even if you said 3,000, it all be, it would be, well, 3,000 is not enough either. Like it's, it's, it's just going to be the progressive wing of the party fighting Joe Biden for no good reason other than they don't like him and they want to basically just keep poking him in the side over and over and over again for the next four years. And that is going to create a bottleneck of things not getting done because you're going to have a whole wing of the party that's not going to want to go along with the plan. So maybe that will end up being our bottleneck. I don't know whether... Whether when push comes to shove, if these people will actually vote no on this bill, I doubt it. But that's going to be the pushback, at least from the Democrats. From Republicans, I don't entirely know yet. I mean, I don't see any of them supporting this because of the $15 minimum wage. So, again, just like when Republicans tried to put in a repeal of Section 230 in with their stimulus plan, it's like, why? Why? No, stop. Do a clean bill and address this other shit later. But no, no, we got to try to shove all all of our little pet projects into the stimulus bill and try to get it passed because it's the stimulus bill instead of just get, getting the money out. Just get the money out and then we'll deal with the rest of the shit later. But no. So if you were waiting for that $1,400 check, you're probably going to be waiting a little while longer because this is all going to drag on way longer than it really needed to in the first place. Anyway, <laughs> but of course, that is a fight that will come up over the next couple of weeks because I'm sure that's going to be one of the first pieces of legislation that's taken up in a Biden administration for the obvious reasons. Like, I uh, did, did you hear the unemployment numbers? <laughs> so... I'm sure we'll get resolution on that sooner rather than later, but the next couple of weeks are going to be rather interesting. You know, I really hoped everything would just calm down at the end of this month, but I guess I'm not going to get that. Maybe by the end of February, things will calm down. Probably not. Oh, 2021, shaping up to be 2020 part two, and I'm not happy. 
not happy about it. I want things to get better. But at this point, I will go ahead and wrap this up because I think that's pretty much everything we need to cover from the past week. So if you did make it this far, thank you for listening. And if you do like this, please wait, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Substack page. Take care and until next time.